with Michael today in the prison. So that's at 2 p.m. today. So I would appreciate your prayers if you're thinking of us while we're there that um, we can continue to minister the power of God to those guys in the prison. Last time we were there, we had one salvation. That was Easter. And that was really, really exciting. So I want to see that... uh, see those things continue in there so today we're going to unlock a secret who loves it when you get the answer to something you go that will unlock they'll unlock the safe and i can get everything that's in it i'm going to give you a secret that can uh, save marriages improve friendships someone's sending a message on my phone i can hear it someone didn't put my phone on silent that was thanks (laughs) okay This is going to unlock, um, it can save marriages, improve friendships, repairs families, and builds the church. Who wants to know what that key is today? First, before I give that to you, I want to keep you in suspense for a little bit. I want us to look at something else. And I did this, who enjoyed Mother's Day? I had a great Mother's Day last week, it was really awesome. But did you know... 61% of cancer patients have unforgiveness issues. Now, if you're using the app, you'll see the the reference where that came from. But uh, anger issues are often associated with unforgiveness. Uh, Unforgiveness can increase the risk of depression. Anxiety and worry are increased by unforgiveness. Unforgiveness can trigger blood pressure issues. It's amazing what that one thing can do in the negative. So my title today is Forgiveness, the Art of Living Well. That's your key this morning. So here's what one professional counsellor says. The purpose of forgiveness is to free yourself from the negativity that goes with the burden of carrying undealt with pain. So Forgiveness may well be the most difficult thing you'll ever do in your life. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying that it's fun. But forgiveness is all about improving yourself. And that's why it's so important. It is a great, great key to unlock. So Jesus and the forgiveness journey. Long before modern psychology, Jesus identified and displayed the art of living well. So the key point of Jesus was to love other people. We give each other advice these days, uh, like um, you, you would have probably heard this or you've said it to someone else, to keep short accounts. You heard that one. We, we, that's a bit of you know, modern advice. We say things like forgive and forget. Um, and I know that you know it isn't always that easy especially when you're born in a Sicilian body with a Sicilian mind, forgive isn't part of the culture. But it's something of the Christian culture that God wants us to know and God wants us to live in. So Jesus teaches us and the Word of God in, in right throughout teaches us to keep no accounts. It's not like, you know, keep short accounts. Jesus said and Apostle Paul said, keep no accounts of wrong. Um, now, how hard is that? It's not always that. First Corinthians thirteen five says, "Keep no record of being wronged." And I know that sounds easy to talk about, but I know in in practice it, it's a challenge. 
uh, Matthew 18, verse 21 to 35, Peter comes to Jesus and says, how many times must I forgive? And he goes, and, and he gives, he gives the, 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 the amount. Peter says, I'll, I'll ask Jesus, is seven times enough? And Jesus blows him out of the water with his response. It's like Jesus gets the, the cannon out and goes, boom, blows him off his feet. And he says, 70 times seven is how many times in one day that you need to forgive. So through, through forgiving, forgiving others, Jesus is displayed in us. Jesus is displayed in us when we forgive. So in some cases, unforgiveness is sown not because something terrible was done, rather our expectations weren't met. So what I'm talking about there is somebody didn't do what we expected and a seed of unforgiveness gets sown in our heart. I didn't get the promotion they didn't call me on my birthday. Remember my birthday, 2nd of December. You don't want something to get in me. Small things, minor offences that, that are not let go of. They build up and are carried. They're carried on, you know, in a backpack on our bags, on our back I should say, and carried. And we often use the term bitterness. This often goes with unforgiveness. Um, it's what we get when we don't let go of offences. And unfortunately, people you know, make decisions about their life over an offence that was, was minor, but that should have just let go of, should have forgiven. But it's like, but I, I just can't let go. And I'm going to give you some, some reasons why we don't let go today. So they could really help you. So... We can be bitter towards people, bitter towards someone. We can be bitter towards the government. We can be um, we can be bitter at the company where we worked. We can be bitter even at God because we've allowed an offence to sink into our heart, into our soul. And a root of that seed has begun to grow and spread in our life. See, Jesus demonstrates the greatest example of forgiveness that we have. Luke chapter 23, verse 24, it's an often quoted verse. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. I'll give you an emotional life hack. I don't even know what life hack means, but I've heard it's pretty cool if you say it. <laughs> connecting, connecting with our new generation. Trying. People hurt people and don't know they are doing it. There's a disclaimer there on the screen. People are hurt every day by other people. That's true. It's just what happens in life. So Jesus dying on the cross at the hands of men and Jesus forgave without waiting for, remor for their remorse, for an apology, at the height of his pain and agony. See, the Roman soldiers were just doing their job. 
They're just following orders. They got no care whatsoever. They've done this thousands of times before. That means nothing to them. Life means very little to them. And Jesus' life was just another. But Jesus, the Son of God, was giving his life so that we could be forgiven. See, in life, there's always victims and there's perpetrators. Before I go on, we're going to pray for people at the end of the service today. I was going to say that in my introduction, but I forgot. I got too excited. But we're going to pray for people. And, and just to get you warmed up for that, we're going to get the singers back then and we're going to ask you to come to the front for prayer because I believe we've got to start getting used to the, the idea again of letting the Holy Spirit move in us and through us. And a big part of that is laying on of hands and praying for one another in that, in that very physical sense. But I know spiritual things happen when we take the step towards Jesus. So we're going to have that a little bit later and we're going to have communion as well as we um, uh, get to the end of my message today. So where was I up to? Victims and perpetrators. Now you need to get this fact in your heart because we can be very bitter, very unforgiving to others, but we need to remember this. It could really set you free. Everyone is both victim and perpetrator somewhere to someone. Do you get that? Everyone is both victim and perpetrator somewhere to someone. See, it's more common to claim the victim seat. We love the victim seat and we love to claim it. Do you know I went to the bank and they were so rude? And sit in this victim seat. You know I went to church and... And the, and the pastor didn't even say hello to me. I walked straight up to them and he ignored me. Victim seat. And you'll always find lots of, lots of uh, sympathetic ears when you're choosing the victim seat. But it's not so common to own the perpetrator seat, to own our fault to another. So we, we don't normally go, oh, you know what I did? <laughs> I, I ignored her at church. <laughs> I saw her coming and I walked the other way. We don't sit in that one. We, we, don't, we don't like that one. But I want to introduce the forgiveness seat. And we're going to look at that later because it's a much better seat to choose than either of the others. So Jesus taught a huge amount about forgiving and loving our enemies. So Matthew 5, verse 44 and 45, Jesus talks about loving your enemies. He says to pray for those who persecute you. It's, like, it's not pray for those who don't like you, who you go, well, I know they, they said they didn't like my, my, my Facebook post. They said, they said things about that. Uh, it's not about that. It's that those who persecute is actively hurt you, going out of their way to, to make your life hard. That's what Jesus is saying. And he says, love those enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Now, on the cross, Jesus proved the power to forgive is real. Jesus proved the power of forgive is real, to forgive is real, because he did it upon the cross. We've already seen that. So here's, here's something to ponder. If Jesus hadn't forgiven those who had slapped him and punched him and nailed him, and mocked and spat on him. The first thing that would have happened when he was resurrected, think of this, would be revenge. 
Could you imagine being one of those soldiers thinking, this guy that we've just mocked and humiliated and beaten and put a crown of thorns on his head. And if they would only have realized in three days, he's going to rise again victorious over death. He's the son of God, the king of kings. He's God in the flesh. They'd be thinking, he's going to want revenge. He's going to want to punish us. Jesus didn't go there. He was, after the resurrection, he wasn't seeking revenge. Jesus didn't go there. I've got a quote for you. The best revenge is none. Heal and move on. And don't become like those who hurt you. That's a great little bit of wisdom there. The best revenge is none. Heal, move on, and don't become like those who hurt you. Maybe we'll have to do a, a, an add to this message about how to heal. Because it's easy to talk about it. Heal and move on. Yeah, well, thanks. Tell me how. Because every time I go to church, someone else pokes me in the same sore. So I'm going to give you some, some keys today on why is forgiving so hard to do. Two key reasons here today that I want to show you. Number one is expecting injustice. So although it may appear obscure, unforgiveness is a product of expecting injustice in our life. So the, describe, uh, the Bible describes the world where justice is not always served. And we would know that if we've lived any time. If you, if you went to school, you would know that justice is not always served. If you survived primary school, you know that. So Isaiah 59 verse 9, it says, So there is no justice among us, and we know nothing about right living. We look for light but find only darkness. We look for the bright skies but walk in gloom. I'll paraphrase that for you. When there is no justice, we know nothing about living well. And we can expect injustice in our life, and so we find it hard to forgive. Isaiah 59 verse 14 says, Our courts oppose the righteous, and justice is nowhere to be found. Truth stumbles in the streets, and honesty has been outlawed. Now, unforgiveness is a product of, of expecting injustice in our life. I'll explain it. So we tell ourselves, no one believes me. Uh, no one cares. No one understands. No one will protect me. I must protect myself. That's a product of expecting injustice. So expecting injustice, offense lingers and, un and unforgiveness remains. So the offense doesn't get dealt with. The, the issue doesn't get talked about. The, 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 the injustice stays there, or the, the offense stays there, I should say. But Isaiah 42, verse 1 to 3, gives us a great, great hope. It says, it talks about, it doesn't say Jesus' name, but it talks about a Savior who will bring justice to all who have been wronged. And Jesus will bring justice to your situation. So when we forgive, we leave justice to God and discover the art of living well. So we, when we leave justice to God, we live well. We, uh, 
removing, expecting injustice and speaking over ourselves or declaring over ourselves, justice will come in this situation. The second reason why forgiveness is so hard is we're waiting for the apology. We're waiting for the apology. Now remember, we'll go back a little bit. Hurt uh, People hurt people every day. They don't set out or plan to. It's just what happens. It's part of life. So we sometimes expect those remorse, a remorseful apology um, to come to someone who's hurting. And I've got to admit that can bring incredible healing. It's good when we get that. It's good when that happens. But I can tell you today, we can die waiting for that. It may not ever come. But in the waiting, our thoughts are clouded. Our soul becomes toxic. Our tomorrow is stolen by yesterday's hurt. And so we can live waiting for the apology that's maybe never going to come. It's like life has stopped where we were, waiting until the apology. In waiting, the marriage could die. In waiting, the friendships are divided. In waiting, the weight increases to what we can't bear. Instead of waiting for an apology, Ephesians 4 verse 2 says, make allowance for each other's faults. Forgive before they apologize. Make, make allowance for others' faults. They, they're going to be faults. They're going to be things that, that, that offend us, things that get on us. Forgive before they apologize. Forgiveness is the art of living well. So there's no anger building up, exploding in all the wrong places. You might be thinking, why do I get so angry? Why, why do I explode? Why does these things you know, come out of me at the, the, the wrong times? can be unex, uh, undealt with forgiveness or unforgiveness. There's no carrying around burdens too heavy to bear. No bouts of depression. The blood pressure's normal because I've learned to let go. And I've learned to forgive. So forgiveness is about improving yourself. See, unforgiveness is harming you. So discovering the art of living well, practice practice putting yourself in the forgiveness seat. Go there often and give things to Jesus. I should have got myself a seat up here, but we won't. We're going to take communion. If you have your communion things with you today, I'm going to ask the musicians to, to join me right now. And if you're not familiar with these little packs, there's a, 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 a film on the top that will reveal the little wafer and then there's another layer that you can open to, to get to the juice. But I want us to, to practice this morning sitting in the forgiveness seat. It is the most powerful seat in your life. It is the most Christian thing that you can do. Because what we hold in our hands is a symbol of Jesus' forgiveness to us. Knowing that Jesus has forgiven. And we can tell ourselves in the forgiveness seat, I have been forgiven and I can forgive others. We've got to practice the forgiveness seat. 
We need to practice it at home. We need to practice it at church. We need to practice it at work. We need to practice it wherever we go. Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 and 15 says, If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. That's a pretty heavy-duty message right there. That's really, really heavy. But I want you to imagine this for a moment. You're at that place about to enter heaven, the gates of heaven. You can see the glory starting to come out of that place. And as you get closer and closer, there are, there are faces of people, faces you know, some from your childhood, some from your adolescence. In fact, there's a face from every part of your life there, just fleeting past that, that you can see. People that offended you, hurt you, abandoned you, were cruel to you, those who exploited and hurt you. So I want you to put yourself in that place right now. And as we take communion today, we're going to forgive every th everyone that we saw. We're not going to wait for a, an apology from them. It may not come. We're not going to speak over ourselves injustice, expecting injustice. We're going to say, I'm going to expect God's justice in my life. Let's take communion right now. And just quietly, when you see those faces, when you think of those people, you say, Jesus, I forgive. Let's eat together. right now that every single one of us may come to that place of letting go coming to that place of saying Jesus I expect justice when I let go Jesus I'm not waiting for the apology anymore but I'm going to trust what you say is when I forgive I'm free just pray right now in Jesus' name that you cause us to understand that fully today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Because now we see Jesus' face. You trusted him for justice. And as you walk through those gates of heaven, you know that the forgiving was worth it. That's what I want you to remember, that when you forgive, you're stepping into the presence of Jesus. You're seeing His face above every other face. But I know today that forgiving can be the hardest thing. It's not, it's not just something we can turn on and turn off. It's something that we can struggle with for years. But I want to pray for you today again. 
because I know we've got, to, we've got to have a breakthrough in these things. And I'll just invite you to stand with me, if you will. And I want to pray for those. I don't want to embarrass anybody. But I want you to live well. I want you to implement the keys to living well. And if you're struggling for giving, I don't want to minimize the pain. I don't, I don't want to, you know, disqualify the hurt that you've been through. But what I, and, and I, I, I don't know what it is. I can't feel it or sense what it is that you've, you've had. But what I will say is Jesus does know. Jesus has felt. Jesus can heal. Jesus will heal. So forgiveness at its core believes justice is coming from the Lord. The day is coming when injustice is judged before God and that's why we forgive. We're going to trust the Lord for His justice to prevail. No matter the hurt, the pain or the loss, forgiveness is the art of living well. If you will, again, I'll just ask that you make a... Um, Give yourself a sign to God that you're saying, Jesus, I need to let some stuff go here today. I don't want to leave with it. Maybe raise a hand, kneel. Um, somehow indicate to Jesus that you need this prayer today. Lord, I just pray over those hurts, over those things that have got on us, those things that we're thinking Jesus are... They hurt me. The things that have caused me to carry this for a long, long time. I just pray today, right now, by the authority that is in Jesus, that burdens will begin falling off, coming off our soul, coming out of our spirit. People are being set free right now by the power that is in Jesus' name. Minds are being cleared. Hearts are being freed today. Lord, we're going to trust you for your justice. Lord, we just pray right now that you're able to re repay the years, the, the, the hard years with good. You bring joy where there's sadness. You bring gladness where there was badness. And I just pray today in Jesus' name that the anointing of the Holy Spirit will begin to heal, begin to bring unity in our in our own hearts with your heart we pray Lord we forgive others we don't harbor the unforgiveness anymore we forgive them and we're set free in Jesus name amen and amen so today we can forgive others it begins when we ask Jesus to forgive us See, the art of living well begins with forgiveness. You can take your seats. One of the big things that I think really is important is that we give people the opportunity, every service that we have, that we can, is to give people the opportunity to have things made right between them and God. See, God's not a judge that wants to condemn or separate us. He's a He's a loving Father who wants to bring us close to Him. See, Jesus came 
to, so that he could forgive us. He wasn't waiting for, for our apology. He wasn't waiting for our lives to be cleaned up. He did it when we're at our worst. And we can accept Jesus again afresh and new. If you're away from God, I invite you to come back to him today. If you've never had the opportunity to ask Jesus to be your savior, to forgive you of your sins, and we have a prayer that pop up on the screens right now. And I want to in invite you to pray this prayer, if that's you today. We'll pray it together. Dear Jesus, I believe you're the son of God, that you died on the cross and rose again to forgive my sins. I ask that you forgive me. I give you my life, and I invite you to be my Lord and Savior. Today, I am born again. I trust my future into your hands. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you've prayed that prayer today for the very first time, I want to say you've got to hang on to that and believe that Jesus is the Savior. He loves you. He wants to take you on that road to freedom. So art of living well starts at that place always forgiving we're going to sing and uh, why don't we stand as we sing and we, we've got time this morning if you have a prayer need today I'm going to invite you to come right now and we'd love to pray with you the team will pray with you will lay hands on you encourage you and uh, let the Holy Spirit minister to you today as you take that step forward you're saying Jesus I'm trusting you I'm believing in you. I know that you can help me at my point of need. So why don't we do that right now and I invite you to come as we sing and we'll pray with you.